Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 5050 Thanks for the Wall podcast. I am your host, Michael. And today, it is just me. Uh, sadly, Mason couldn't make it this uh, episode. He just got some things to do. Uh, so it's just going to be me flying solo today. And boys, it is the end of week one. Monday Night Football was a little bit interesting, to say the least. Something I would never expect if you did a pick them for the Seahawks. Respect. But before we get into those games, we have a lot of games to cover. Um, it's just me today, so we'll probably be over games pretty quickly uh, because obviously there's only one opinion going through them. But let's just start back to uh, Thursday Night Football where we saw the Buffalo Bills visit the Los Angeles Rams. And like Mace predicted, it was indeed a lopsided victory. Um, if you watch that game without seeing the score, you would really see that it seemed like it was a lot more than just a three-touchdown score lead for the Bills, but in reality it was. So looking at this game from a fantasy perspective, Josh Allen is that guy still. That is no shocker. And we might see an offense where Diggs and Gabe Davis can coexist. And we saw that on Thursday night. We saw Diggs absolutely cook up Jalen Ramsey. There was nothing Jalen Ramsey could do to stop him. Every type of route, it seemed like Diggs won every single time. Finished the game with eight catches for about 120. And, of course, he had that last uh, touchdown. Uh, Gabe Davis had a few nice catches, but he had that main touchdown pass, what kind of saved his week. He still had four for 80. Um, But as far as that goes, this game was somewhat interesting. I expected the Rams to have a little bit more of a um, closer matchup than this. But truthfully, it really came down to Matt Stafford not being very good. Um, It was sad to see, but we can't also fully blame him. Uh, as he was sacked seven times, I think. He did have those three interceptions, which weren't great at all, but it seemed like the O-line really had no answer towards the Bills' D-line. And I think that's kind of the moral of the story of this game, is that they really could not get protection when it mattered. They sure had, they still had big plays from guys like uh, Cup, and I think even Higby had a pretty um, long play too. But, the only really offense came from cup. Everybody else did not really make any plays consistently. Um, and the obvious in the room, the elephant is cam Akers, And I'm sure many people are wondering what happened. And I'm still trying to figure out that too, because when he was in the game, I know he had three rushes for zero yards, but he turned a negative 10 yard screenplay into a zero yard gain. So he got back to the line he had three Bills defenders on him, and he still somehow made back to the line of scrimmage. And that was just one of the three plays he had access to. And the other two rushes, there was just absolutely nowhere for him to go. So Sean McVay came out and said that it was more because of uh, his lack of urgency. 
but I think there's something more to play there. I don't think that it really is a skill. I think there's something that has not been revealed yet. And as far as right now, I don't think you can start Cam Akers. Even if next week he goes for 25, I would not feel safe doing that on my fantasy team just because he had a zero-point week this week. And I really just don't see why, as a fantasy manager, you should start him yet. Wait till he has a bounce-back week. He has those 15 touches, 20 touches. But right now, you can't look at him as a three-touch guy against the Bills and think that's a good sign. It's not. But the moral of the story is is that the Bills look legit. Josh Allen is the QB1 still, even though there's a guy that we have to talk about in the next few games. But, yeah, for sure. And we can move on because there's a lot of games and it's just me covering it. But Bills over Rams 31-10. to I think we both had the Bills winning, so no shock there. Uh, and we'll go by order uh, that we did on Sun- um, Thursday. And the next game is the Eagles and Lions. And this game was absolutely incredible. Um, I'm not neither a Lions or Eagles fan, but I watched this entire game myself. I don't think I would have believed for a second that it would be a one field goal difference game between these two. But it was. It was 38-35. to 35. It was A.J. Brown's first game as an Eagle. And boys, oh my goodness, does he ever look good. Uh, this is the talent that we talked about in the preseason that if he stays healthy, AJ Brown is a legit top three wide receiver talent. I think it is Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and AJ Brown by pure talent alone and pure upside. AJ Brown is the third best receiver in the NFL. And if he keeps getting targets like he did on Sunday, he will be a easily top five wide receiver by the end of this year. Um, no touchdown, 10 catches for 155 yards. He looked purely dominant and the Lions D looked pretty good too. And I, I just, I can't see any world where this guy doesn't finish if healthy top five, because he looks like an absolute force. Devonte Smith did not have a single catch. That's concerning, but I kind of knew that would happen because of how well AJ Brown and Jalen hurts are together. We heard that in training camp. We heard they're a good, good match for each other. They're also very good friends in real life. So that kind of cup Stafford relationship kind of does carry over to this now. And you pick the receiver, obviously with AJ Brown, he is the big play guy. And we saw him make plays. He almost had three touchdowns on Sunday. He had the one long one where he dragged the Eagles uh, lines corner for about 20 yards. He had the one across the middle in the end zone, the slant that guy had a pinky on. And he also had a one on a slant across the middle where he caught the ball, but got dragged down on the three. And the one concern I have for A.J. Brown this year actually will be the red zone offense because Nick Sirianni seems like he doesn't trust Hurts throwing the ball in the red zone. You look at their touchdowns, Jalen Hurts rushed, Miles Sanders rushed, Kenneth Gainwell rushed for two yards, touchdown. Boston Scott rushed to the middle, one-yard touchdown. So that's four rushing touchdowns on the within the five, not a single passing one. So that's alarming. Now, 155 yards, I'm not complaining about as a fancy owner. But at the end of the day, you need touchdowns. And I don't know if it was just the game script, maybe, Nick Sirianni. And again, it was because on the one and three yard line, I get as a coach, you do run the ball. But it's something to look out for because it seems like they're not going to really give Hurts that many red zone looks for throwing the football. As Hurts, I wouldn't, Hurts owners, I wouldn't be really concerned because he's going to get his handful of rushing touchdowns. But four rushing touchdowns from running backs is concerning. And on the Lions side, we saw Swift really kind of just do what he was going to do. We talked about him in the preseason. He, healthy, is another guy that's probably top seven talent, I'd say, easily. 
Um, he needs the usage, and he got peppered. Um, only three catches, though, but I was expecting a little bit more. But he did have the obvious 15 rushes for 150 yards, too, and the touchdown. So I think he had about 25 fantasy points and half PPR. So you can't get mad at that. Other than that, though, Amon Ra had a good second half, but he had about one point going into the second half. And it was just kind of game script. They kind of threw him more. But again, that's something we saw coming. Hawkinson, four for 38. I don't know about him. It's it's tough to say because I don't know anymore. It's Hawkinson, but we need to move on. We need to go through these games faster. This next game, not much to cover. Uh, Colton Texans, 2020 overtime tie. Um, Jonathan Taylor did his thing. 31 rushes for 161 yards and a touchdown. On top of that, he did have four catches for 14 yards. He is the RB1 going to every week, no matter what for me, because of his floor. I wasn't expecting him to get 30 rushes this game, but he did. And he wasn't even that efficient against the Texans, but he did his thing. He got you his fantasy points, about 25 to be exact, I think. But besides that, Michael Pittman, 9 for 121 and a touchdown. This is a guy we talked about. We knew he was going to be doing this. He's going to command most of the targets. But another sleepy guy, uh, sleeper guy is actually Naheem Hines, who had six catches for 50 yards. So if you ever need maybe a flex play in a PPR league or you need a last-minute running back to slop in there, um, Naheem Hines I would not be concerned about doing because he does have that impact on the receiving game. And like we talked about, he in camp was getting lined up in slot. So as far as that goes, Colts, Taylor, Pittman, not much to talk about there. On the Houston side, Davis Mills played fantastic. And you wouldn't think that if you didn't watch the game, his stats don't scream at you. But from what he was given from the O-line and his pocket awareness, he was really good. And this is a team that won't succeed a lot this year. But to tie the Colts week one is a very impressive start for Davis Mills. He doesn't have a lot of talent. He has Damian Pierce, who really didn't do much, sadly, <clears throat> who was actually outworked by Rex Burkhead, which is not a good thing, especially for the people that draft him in the fifth round, because I did in one league. But <clears throat> as far as that goes, the running back room, I think, will change. Damian Pierce, over the course of the year, will step into that number one role. And I think by about week seven, week eight, he'll be getting 20 carries a game. And Burkhead will be getting about five to six a game. Um, but another guy we need to talk about is Brandon Cooks. Uh, seven for 82. No shocker there. We told you, PPR League, get this guy in the sixth, seventh round. He is an absolute steal to have at that spot. He is a walking 13 points weekly. Uh, 15 points PPR, no touchdown because OJ Howard caught two. And I don't see that happening again. I think he'll maybe finish this year with five or six OJ Howard. But just kind of how this game worked out. He was wide open on both routes. Good for him. But this game, not much to talk about. Let's move on. And the next matchup is the Browns and Panthers. And shockingly, the Browns came out with the win. Uh, Panthers had the lead, and then the Browns came with a late field goal. And the rookie, uh, I forget his name, sunk it. Oh, um, right, York. I forget his first name. But uh, Cade York got it. Uh, the rookie kicker got that last game-winning field goal to win the game. But as far as fantasy goes, uh, Jacoby Brissett did exactly what we thought Jacoby Brissett would do. Um, nothing special. But the guys we need to talk about on the Browns, because there's no receiver that we really need to talk about, because Amari Cooper was exactly what we said Amari Cooper would be. But Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb look like that 2019 form, 
where both of them were legitimate starting running backs on fantasy. Uh, Nick Chubb had 22 rushes for 140 yards with a touchdown. On top of that, he had a catch, but not much. Kareem Hunt was more the opposite. He had 11 rushes for 50 yards, but he had four receptions, 20 yards, and a tutty. So you can look at Kareem Hunt now as a flex play Look moving forward. Uh, you look at their schedule, and they're not really facing that many daunting teams in the upcoming schedule. Uh, next week, they are playing the New York Jets. So again, that's another game that you can look at as a start for those two guys. But as far as fantasy goes, David and Joku had one catch for seven yards. It's almost like we told you this. Mason told you this. The stats in Joku is not a good fantasy football player. Neither is he a good football player. That is why you should not start him going forward. Next, a shocker here. Christian McCaffrey was not Christian McCaffrey. And the only reason his fantasy day was really saved was because of his touchdown. He finished with 10 rushes for 33 yards with a rushing touchdown and a three-yard touchdown and four catches for four, for 24 yards. Um, shockingly, Robbie Anderson was the wide receiver one this week, but that was because of a 75-yard touchdown he got. Besides that, his stats were four catches for 25 yards. So don't look at that like he's the wide receiver one. He had one big play where he was wide up and downfield, blown coverage. DJ Moore's still the guy, but I feel like Baker needed to get settled in, and he just couldn't this game. I still have no issue starting DJ Moore going forward. McCaffrey, you obviously do start. And truthfully, the Panthers O-line did not look great. Um, Baker got sacked four or five times, I believe, and that didn't really help him. But again, boring fantasy game. Let's move on. And this next game is actually even more boring because it's 49ers and the Bears. And if you weren't aware, it was a literal monsoon in Chicago. Um, the whole field was just a puddle. And it did not help Trey Lance's debut because the 49ers, who went to the NFC Conference game last year, lost to the Chicago Bears. So that's a little ugly. Um, but again, I wouldn't look into it too much. Lance still looked good in the rushing game, 13 for 54. Uh, but his passing numbers were not that good, truthfully. And you can't really look at that as an alarm because... Personally, if you watch the game, the conditions of the game, it did not help. The O-line was spotty. It did not help him at all. And it just it wasn't a very ideal matchup. And I mean that because the Bears were kind of just milking that game hard. And I feel like it just was not in his game script. Uh, the big news is Elijah Mitchell actually today has been announced that he has a sprained MCL, I believe. He will be out for at least two months. It could be closer to three. They always say two months, but it seems with running backs, it's always longer than that. So going forward, you're looking at maybe Jeff Wilson. But personally, I don't know if I would start any of them because I feel like it's just kind of a weird situation. And another guy we need to talk about is Debo Samuel, who... Again, is another guy like McCaffrey that got saved by a touchdown. He had eight rushes for 52 yards, had two catches for 14, but he had the touchdown that saved his day. So again, that's another guy that got affected by the rain. But I wouldn't look into it too much. On Chicago's side, it wasn't very pretty either. Their defense just played really good. Fields did throw two touchdowns, but like he wasn't that efficient overall. He threw the ball 15 times in general. Uh, the biggest thing for me, though, watching was that Khalil Herbert looked way better than David Montgomery. 
Uh, Montgomery had 17 rushes for about 25 yards and Herbert had nine for 45. So that's about a 1.5 yards per carry to about a five. So if you have a deeper league, maybe look to pick up Khalil Herbert because I would not be shocked if going forward, they go to him a little bit more because he did look way better. And I know Montgomery had more receiving work, but personally a team is going to go with their running back that gets some consistent yards. And Montgomery was not that guy, but we need to speed up here. So let's go to the next game. Jaguars commanders. Talk about a few guys here. Uh, Lawrence looked okay towards the end. Uh, kind of a rough start. He wasn't really hitting in stride, but the biggest story was James Robinson was kind of the guy they went to um, 11 rushes to ETN's four, but ETN was way more efficient, but it's also because he had a 27 yard carry. But besides that, didn't really go his way. Uh, Robinson was the workhorse. He got the touchdown and he also got the receiving touchdown. He had the stat line of 11 for 66 with a tutty and one for three yards for a touchdown too. But the biggest surprise for me was Christian Kirk, who came out the gate with six catches for 117 yards on 12 targets. So you're going to look at this guy now as a weekly start. Um, 12 targets. You don't look at the six receptions. You look at the fact that Lawrence is comfortable to throw him the ball. I know Zay Jones also had nine. But Christian Kirk is the slot guy. They paid him an immense amount of money. And they will use him on a down-to-down basis. Besides that, not much to talk about. On the commander's front, Wentz looked actually shockingly okay. He had two bad interceptions, but the four passing touchdowns, he looked very good. Um, Antonio Gibson kind of shocked a lot of people. He had a pretty good hybrid day with seven catches for 70 yards. and He had 14 for 58 on the ground. But shockingly, the receiving game was something to talk about because Curtis Samuel really impressed me. Uh, eight for 55 with a touchdown. McLaurin had two catches for 58 yards for a touchdown. He really wasn't that great besides that long bomb, uh, the 50-yard touchdown throw. So one catch for six yards besides that, not that great. But a guy I want to talk about is Jahan Dotson, who caught two. Um, this guy, I think, has potential to be the wide receiver one this team, which I know sounds absolutely insane because McLaurin's there. But he is always open. His route running is NFL day one ready, and that's why he had two touchdowns. But honestly, it's a guy to look for in Dynasty. Um, I own him in Dynasty, and I'm not saying that specifically because I own him, but he looks fantastic. And even on redraft PPR, you could look at him. If McClure maybe goes down, that's a really good roster player. But not much to really talk about besides that. The next game, New England and the Dolphins and genuinely <clears throat> not much to talk about here either. Uh, pretty ugly game for fantasy. Um, Hill was pretty solid. Eight for 94, no touchdown. Waddle had a last uh, quarter, huge touchdown throw that really saved his uh, day. Uh, Chase Edmonds really came out as the number one running back. He was not efficient, but you're looking at New England. New England always stops running backs, but the issue at hand is the fact that he gets the usage. He was not efficient at all. I get it, but he also was involved in the passing game. So he is a weekly go-to-go starting player at the RB2, or if you're lucky enough to have him at the flex, start him. On the New England side, not much to talk about here. Truthfully, it was pretty ugly for them. Jacoby Myers still is the wide receiver one there, but can you start him every week? No. And Damian Harris did outperform Ramondre, but genuinely 
it really was not that much of a difference to me. I think that he kind of just got more more looks than Ramondre did, if that makes sense. And I think that New England really might have a rough long year. So moving on from them, we had one of the craziest games I've ever watched live, the Steelers and Bengals. I There was a turnover every five seconds this game. And it seemed every time the ball changed sides, there was a, a turnover. Uh, for fantasy, T. Higgins actually left the game in the second quarter, I believe, early second quarter. Uh, concussion protocol, he should be good for week two, um, but he might not. But again, uh, head injuries don't really dip in production. He's he's It's not a major one. He walked off the field. He was fine, but the team might just monitor him. If they bench him week two, it's okay. Um, he will be fine going forward, but you might miss him week two. But I, I think he'll start. Uh, for the Steelers, though, fantasy-wise, uh, Najee Harris left the game uh, about the third quarter with a foot injury. Uh, X-rays came back negative, but it's not a good sign that he's just getting injured again. And he was not looking good before he went down either. Um, he had about 11 for 23. So he was not looking good in general. And then to add on to the fact that the injuries are coming, you have to start Najee because you spent a first-round draft capital on him. But I talked about this guy in the preseason. It's a guy I did not want to roster because I was fearing this. He has been a workhorse his entire career. He averaged 30 carries a game at Alabama, never got injured, and now he's in the LFL, in NFL. And he is now at the age of about 24, I believe. And he will be 25 by the end of the season's over, and it's his second year. So it's a guy that you have to start, but the Steelers' offense just isn't good enough to – get him going. And I think that's going to be an issue going forward. Besides that though, Pat Fearmouth looked really good. Um, so Deontay Johnson made incredible catch on the left sideline uh, to secure a field goal. And it was a fantastic catch. And he's a guy that, again, he's just talented and he's going to perform every week on the Bengals side, Jamar chase to Jamar chase uh, 10 for one thirty and a touchdown. He actually could have had two touchdowns, but the NFL ruled after the fact that it should have been. And Zach Taylor, who we could talk about for an hour on this podcast, really messed this game up for them. Um, one of the worst coached games I've ever seen in my life, it seemed like. Um, that was an, a literal touchdown, and he didn't even review it. And then going in, they decided to kick a field goal, not trust Burrow. And they then missed the field goal because the snapper was a backup snapper. And they knew this, and he missed before, but they trusted him again missed it. And then in OT, they did the same thing and he misses it. So I don't know. It was a really weird game. And the long, the, the snapper, sorry, the long snapper really came into effect. The Bengals should have won that game, but Jamar Chase had three touchdowns and that one where the one handed catch that he just hit his toe on, it was an incompletion, but it was an inch away from being a catch. So Jamar Chase started every week. Joe Mixon had a great game. Wasn't efficient on the ground though. But he was very good uh, crunch time. Burrow really goes to him in the middle of the field uh, for safety blankets. So as far as that goes, Bengals are easy to talk about. Chase every week, mixing every week. Joe Burrow will bounce back. Don't worry, people. One bad week does not define him. Uh, next game matchup is the Ravens and Jets. Um, not really much to talk about here. Lamar looked not that great against the Jets. I know he had three touchdowns, but truthfully, he should have had more. Um, the running game, Mike Davis was... Okay, when he did get the ball, but they didn't really go to him. They went to Drake more. Drake really wasn't that good. Uh, Bateman wasn't very great until he had a 55-yard touchdown to save his fantasy week. 
He had two catches for 59 yards before that. Um, Mark Andrews was okay, but that will probably be one of his worst weeks this year, I think. Five for 50. But besides that, not much to talk about in this matchup. Uh, from the Jets side, it's surprisingly, and I mean surprisingly, Michael Carter looks like the main guy there. And that's not going to change, I think. Because even when Brees Hall got the ball, he was not nearly as good as Michael Carter. And then Michael Carter also added in seven catches for 40 yards too. So Michael Carter could be a flex going forward. Or if you're in a really need of RB2. But this is a guy that we said is very talented and kind of got screwed with the draft. Um, next game, Jameis Winston, boys. Uh, I told you guys in the pod that he is not the 25th ranked fantasy quarterback this year. And what does he do? He comes up with a QB six performance week one against the Falcons. I get it's the Falcons, but it's also week one. And I don't see this changing. Uh, Michael Thomas was on a snap count and he won't be next week. So he will have Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas and Chris Olave healthy. And Alvin Kamara also was dealing with a rib injury, it seems. So he'll have him back hopefully healthy. And it's also came in a game where Taysom Hill took about 80 yards with a touchdown of fancy points. So James Winston, you you start him now if you're in need for quarterback. And as far as receivers go, Landry looks like a, a legit guy now. And I don't know, man, like you might be able to start him at flex if you want to. And as far as Michael Thomas goes, um, he had two touchdowns, 557, and he did not play the whole game. Um, so you got to look at this now as a guy that you start him every week. Now I said to draft Michael Thomas at his ADP and what does he do week one on a limited snap count? He comes out two touchdowns, five fifty-seven. good week. Alvin Kamara. Don't be worried about him. He'll bounce back. Um, and on the other side of the ball, we have the Falcons who to my surprise, Cordell Patterson is still that guy. Um, and I say by my surprise because I kind of thought last year was too good to be true. And I said, don't draft him this year. He won't be as good. But here we are. He is just as good. So I don't know, man. 22 for 120 touchdown. Drake London looks surprisingly great. Um, surprisingly to me because I thought he'd be more limited with his knee injury. But he came out of the gates scorching. And he's a guy you might be able to start in PPR leagues. But a guy that you need to worry about is Kyle Pitts. And I mean, worry about because I mean, sorry, not worry about because it's Kyle Pitts. Um, don't worry. It was just a bad game script. He really kind of couldn't get open. Um, we talked about this. The Saints do have a sneaky good defense, especially against the tight end. So don't worry about him. Keep starting him. He'll be fine going forward. Don't worry about it. Um, the next game, I got to kind of take a shot here at Macy boy. Cause uh, he said the Cardinals would beat the chiefs. And it was not even close. And it was 37 to seven before going into the fourth quarter and chiefs just pulled their starters and Kyler Murray got two bailout touchdowns to improve his fantasy stats. Again, I told you Kyler Murray, I don't have time to talk about him, but he did not look good at all. People are going to say, Oh, we still had a good week. He's still threw two touchdowns against third string cornerbacks. And he was 22 for 34. He made some awful reads, reads where he had wide open receivers, but he was looking at the other side of the field and he missed on that. It was an absolute blowout until they pulled their starters, the chiefs and Patrick Mahomes showed why he is still the best talented quarterback in the NFL. I still believe Josh Allen is the best fantasy quarterback, but Patrick Mahomes now is being forced to spread the ball. He threw five touchdowns, 360 yards, 
and there is a lot of signs to be happy about this. Uh, Pacheco had the most rushes, but that's mainly because they were up so much. No need to play Clyde at that point. He had two touchdowns on a bounce back week. He could have had way more than 22 fantasy points, but they had to pull him. He had seven rushes for 42 yards, looked good in the run game. Add that with three cats for 32 yards and two touchdowns. He looks great. A guy that hasn't changed also, Travis Kelsey. Like I said, tight end one going forward. He is the tight end one. This is why he drafted him in the first round. He is the only tight end that consistently puts up big numbers. And again, he does that against the Cardinals, and he will keep doing that every week. Um, besides that, Juju looked pretty good, man. Like six for 79. Um, no touchdowns, but as far as a PPR guy goes and your seventh round pick, that's good value. And you got to keep running with Juju. Uh, Marcus Valescant looked pretty good too. But besides that, it was a very spread out offense. They had over 10 receivers catch a football. Um, I believe actually it was 11. So 11 guys caught a football that game. They had six guys running the football. And it was just a cheese blowout. And they didn't even have to try in the fourth quarter or even the third quarter. It was a blowout from when the game began. And it wasn't until it because the Kyler Murray had two eats touchdowns towards it in the game. So again, um, Marquise Brown had a solid game, but again, kind of bailed up by that late touchdown. He finished with four for 43 and a touchdown, but again, four, four for 43 before that would be about three for 35 for the touchdown. That's not a good fantasy week. And he really got locked up. Um, Trent McDuffie looked very good in him and he had no open space at all going forward though. I think Marquise Brown will still be good, but I think the Chiefs defense really surprised a lot of people, but we need to move on. That was a long topic about that game. The next one, Giants are 1-0 in a game that I watched the whole thing because Saquon Barkley is back, people. Um, and if he stays healthy, I I can see him easily being a top five running back this year, easily, maybe even top three. Um, I know he's RB1 right now, but let's be real. He's not dropping 30 a week, but he looked great. He I know he had a big few runs, but that does credit to him being successful and the giants looked really bad the first quarter, the first half and they came out steaming the second half Barkley started off with a 60 yard run, finished that with a touchdown. Then in the fourth quarter to ice the game, 30 yard run into the red zone. Um, they don't go to him again, but he gets another 10 yard rush. They throw to a tight end two point conversion, Brian dabble, which I have to say is a ballsy move to go for the win and one and on the New York market. And he did it. And who do they go to? Saquon Barkley. Top, tops the whole game off, makes two guys miss, trucks another guy, and dives in for the two-point conversion. Um, it was a great game to watch. Very defensive, but also had flashes of offense. And on the Giants' side, there isn't really a guy to start really weekly besides Saquon Barkley. Um, Sterling Shepard did look pretty good with his looks. And Richie James actually surprisingly looked pretty solid too. Um, but again... I don't really see why you would roster Richie James because it's it's Richie James. And on the Tennessee Titans side, we really saw a lack of, hate to say it, but the king does not look like the king anymore. And it really showed. Uh, 21 touches he got, so he was not like he wasn't getting the football for 82 yards rushing. Uh, no touchdown, one target, um, didn't even catch the ball, so he just had 8.2 fantasy points. And this is a game that he probably should have dominated. The Giants don't have a great run D. They don't have a best run D, but they were middle of the pack. And it really seemed like he didn't. Uh, Dontrell Hillard came in the receiving game and got two touchdowns for the Titans. So if he's successful, 
Henry will not be the third down back now. And Hillard will take over in that spot. But a guy that I was really impressed with was Kyle Phillips. It's a guy we talked about in the offseason. The professor. He is 23 years old. He gets open every play. And Tannehill loves throwing to him. So he had 6 for 66. No touchdown. But in a PPR league, that's a value at flex. Uh, You take a guy that gets you 12 points every week. Besides that, though, Titans are a pretty ugly fantasy team. Uh, Next game, Vikings-Packers. And boys... We, we try to tell you. Uh, Justin Jefferson has been that guy, is still that guy, and will keep being that guy. Nine catches for 184 yards, two touchdowns. They didn't even use him in the second half, really, it seemed like. Um, maybe a little bit in the – yeah, like past the second quarter, they really didn't need to use him a lot. He had both touchdowns at halftime, and they kind of just came out and ran the ball. This is a guy that – we, me and Mason talked about that could legit be the one-on-one this year. And as of right now, he is um, in skill positions. Uh, Mahomes obviously is the one-on-one it's quarterback position, but out of all positions, he is the one-on-one. And I think going forward, he looks completely unguardable. And I don't see how Cousins stops throwing to him. And it actually does hinder Dalvin Cook a little bit to me. I know he got 20 rushes, but truthfully he wouldn't have got that much if the game was closer and Jefferson, man. Oh, I feel bad for people that had to go against him. And if you happen to get him in a PPR league, you're laughing because he actually could get you 25 points a week with ease. And I say that with the highest confidence going forward, I could see him breaking records this year. I know this is a lot of hype, but he literally was unguardable that game. And there was nothing the Packers could do. And offensively for the Packers, didn't look that good. Um, Christian Watson, like we talked about, dropped a 75-yard touchdown. That would have been a walk-in. Went right through his hands. Um, Rodgers looked pissed off, directly stared at Matt LaFleur. He, it looked like he muttered, like, I told you. Um, so I don't know what they're going to go for with his receiving, receiving core, but Lazard should be back next week. Should help a little bit for Rodgers, but... It was an ugly game for Green Bay. But let's move on to the next game. And not really much to talk about this game. I thought this would be a more offensive game. But the Chargers-Raiders really wasn't that, I don't know the word, really, standout. It didn't stand out to me. Um, I had much more fun watching the Chiefs and Cardinals and the Giants and Titans game. And I thought that Raiders-Chargers would be a classic. And it wasn't, actually. It was kind of a boring game to watch. Herbert looked pretty good. but. He didn't really throw the ball to anybody besides random fantasy-owned players. Um, a touchdown went to Gerald Everett. A touchdown went to DeAndre Carter. And a touchdown went to Zach Horvath. Oh, Xander Horvath, sorry, the fullback. So that's three guys that are not rostered in any leagues, pretty much. Maybe Everett in a deeper league. But Keenan Allen did supposedly pull his hamstring. And it's supposedly coming out today that he was avoiding a long-term one but I highly doubt they start him this week. Um, So a sneaky little play this week for people wondering uh, is Josh Palmer. I think Mike Williams will garner a lot of attention this week from the chief secondary on Thursday night football. Uh, Start Josh Palmer because he is now the number two guy sleeping on Thursday because Keenan Allen will not recover in time for that game. And I could see maybe Palmer getting 15 fantasy points. Uh, We'll come back to this on, I guess next Tuesday, because we won't talk about it on Thursday night, but 
that's my preview for that. That's a quick little sneaky, um, sneaky fantasy play. And I'll probably talk about it on Thursday again. But Eckler did not look like the Eckler from last year. Really wasn't efficient at all. Um, he still was pretty decent on the receiving game, but nothing like the Eckler we saw last year. And on the Raiders side, it was truly Derek Carr's kind of lack of success. Uh, through three interceptions, got sacked five times. Uh, the Chargers defense looks legit, folks. Um, and this might hinder Herbert's success for fantasy because they're just that good. And they won't have to throw the ball a lot. But could be one week. But Carr was still mediocre besides the three interceptions. Um, Devontae Adams, still that guy. 10 for 141 to touchdown. He popped. They couldn't stop him, at least. Besides that, I can't start Josh Jacobs weekly. Darren Waller had four for 79, so he's still kind of that tight end four or five area. Besides that, not much to talk about. This next game, even worse, Bucks cowboys what I thought would have been a fun game. Um, Dak Prescott looked utterly useless, even when he was healthy, and now he's not healthy. So, yeah. So, if you own CD Lamb in fantasy, you're kind of screwed. I'm screwed because I have him in multiple leagues. But, supposedly, Jerry Jones came out today saying that Dak should be back within multiple weeks. They're saying he should be back by week six or seven. So four to six weeks, they're saying, for the timetable, and it could be even before that. So you kind of have to suffer there. I think Dak's had a rough first game, but then he got hurt too. So I really think that he'll be okay going forward after he's recovered. But I feel like you have to start CD Lamb still going forward because you drafted him in the second or third round. And besides that, Zeke really did not stand out to me. Um, I know he looked okay, but Pollard's job in the receiving game really kind of makes me wonder if Elliott's a weekly starter. And I'm just not sure, man. And as far as the Bucks go, Brady did not look that good. Um, mainly in the red zone. They couldn't really get anything going. They finally got a touchdown to Mike Evans later in the game. But uh, Fournette still... Still that guy, um, like we said, he was going to be 20, uh, 21 carries for 127 yards. Uh, sorry, boys, I'm running on steam here. This is a lot of talking for me. Um, Mike Evans still is that guy too. Julio Jones, it was great to see him play. He looked actually fully healthy. Not the Julio we're used to seeing, but he looked way better than the Titans Julio. So I was really ecstatic to see him kind of show out. But Chris Goblin came into this game. I'm not sure why they played him. And he re-aggravated his knee, sort of, and also hurt his hamstring, supposedly. So he's week to week now. Um, so he's out. So now expect more targets for Mike Evans and Julio Jones. So you can even start Julio going forward, maybe at the flex spot. But that's enough to talk about that game. And the next game, this was a shocker, like I said in the beginning of the pod. Um, Seahawks-Broncos. Seahawks won that game. On the Seahawks side, Geno Smith did nothing special, but he did nothing wrong. And he looked very comfortable, 23 for 28, 200 yards, two touchdowns, nothing insane. But like I said, he didn't do anything to mess up. And that really shows that he was more poised. He didn't mess up. He didn't do anything wrong. He just did the smart plays, check downs, short throws, and he won the football game. Um, for Seahawks, I would still be comfortable starting Penny going forward. I don't think he really is that um, impacted by that game. It was just kind of a weird game script, but you can still start him. He looked great when he had the football. Um, but yeah, like, don't worry about it. I think it was just kind of a weird game script. Just keep starting with RB2. Um, 
because obviously he's just the RB one there. So you just, you get, you start him. And on the Broncos side, Russ looked pretty good, but the red zone, they could not do anything. The Seahawks defense looked fantastic. And that really kind of hindered the success of that game. So going forward, I wouldn't be too worried. Um, Javante Williams did have less rushes than Melvin Gordon, but Javante was way more efficient on the ground. And he also had 11 catches. So PPR-wise, Javante is going to be unbelievable. No touchdown. He had about 16 points PPR and half PPR about 13, which is still pretty good considering he had seven rushes. But again, going forward, um, and we saw Judy. Judy had that huge play. I still think Cortland Sutton is the wide receiver one there, though. He looked like more of Russ's designated target. Judy broke off for that huge play. But I think that Sutton is still the guy. But you still start both of them, and you still start Javante. And as far as Russ goes, he's maybe a week-to-week start. I don't know. Um, I just I, I need to see the red zone success come out more. But, boys, that's it. That's all matchups. That was a lot for me to get through by myself. Um, sorry to pick up the pace there, but I uh, kind of wanted to keep this somewhat short, talk about it slightly. Um, Thursday's episode will be going over week two preview. Um, Chiefs and Chargers play Thursday night. Another great Thursday night game. Thank you, NFL. Um, but until then, boys, peace out. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And I hope you guys started 1-0 in fantasy football. But anyways, have a great rest of your day. Peace out. Bye.